Thursday, December 8th, and I am uh, here in the studio for Guest Thursday. That's what we do. If you're just tuning in to SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. It is a uh, product of the SWAT Bible Studies here in Jacksonville where we get together men around the Word of God with a desire to be like our Rabbi Jesus and... um, uh, the Word of God is our starting point and authority, and we are excited to be his servants in the culture in which he's placed us. And today, I'm excited. This week and next week on Guest Day, I'm excited. I'm going to have a variety of people who were on our trip to Israel. We just got back from our Israel journey. It's an awesome journey. And so I've asked some of the people that went on the trip to be my guest today and to talk about the experience. And you'll hear from a variety of people, some who are teachers of the Word, some who are disciplers, um, some who are counselors, and just uh, a regular, everyday uh, businessmen and women who are uh, priests, as God made us as his followers to be in our culture. And the first guest I have is a, a friend, a brother, uh, he's a guy that I met a few years ago. He's no stranger to our program. He's been on several times. Uh, he has a ministry called Locking Arms Men in the Pittsburgh area, and their mission is very similar to ours, to build authentic men who love God, one, love one another, and love their neighbor. And uh, he's been doing that for a long time, about the same time I have, 28 years uh, after he uh, retired from the NFL in 1986. And so uh, he is a, was a Penn State standout, but you'd never hear that from him. He doesn't talk about it much because he talks about Jesus more. But Leo, welcome to SWAT Radio again, brother. Hey, it's great to be on with you, Doug. We had a fantastic Israel trip, and I got to tell you, I am tuckered out, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're tired, huh? Yeah, it's just, just been hard getting back in the swing with the seven-hour time change and, and uh, you know, pretty ambitious uh, hiking. And, you know, I knew that following the rabbi was going to be tough. I thought my hiking shoes would be adequate, but there were certain days I needed track shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it was definitely a, a challenge, I think. And, you know, I warn people they need to be in good walking shape, good hiking shape. And uh, But I think part of it, too, Leo, is your brain gets overwhelmed with all the information, not just from the teaching itself, but just the environment, bringing in the culture, taking in the geography, taking in what's going on around you. It's just a little overwhelming, isn't it? It is. I think that's a good way to understand the fatigue post-trip because um, your messages uh, were really challenging, Doug, 
and and I'm not just saying that they they really were convicting and um, you know calling us to repentance. Uh, I'll never forget at Beth Shan um, the way that you described in detail that Hellenistic culture and how closely aligned to that Hellenistic culture we are here in America. Mm-hmm and uh, pleasure-seeking and um, prideful. And, um, yeah, it was uh, all of that, I think, made for um, a great week, but a really taxing week. Well, it's interesting you brought up, um, you know, you're you're talking about Bet Shane and uh, it's – it's other name. It's it's Greek name. It was the Decapolis right there, and when we right. were when we were there, the thing that was so uh, I think shocking for me really is to think about Jesus walked through there every time he went to Jerusalem or around it or close to it, and he saw it was a well. It was a big city. It was a Hellenistic city, a Greek city. And you saw all the ruins of the great theater and all the stuff it had. There were a lot more educated people there than up in the Capernaum, um, Bethsaida area. But he chose his guys from up there, not from the big city, not from the well-educated. And that's just always stuck with me. Uh, Did that encourage you at all, Leo? Yes, absolutely. I, I was telling our guys in my Tuesday discipleship group about uh, that fact that Jesus chose five of his 12 disciples um, from from that area in Galilee and in the size of uh, that town um, was it Bethany? Am I getting that right? What, what are you talking about? The, the Bethsaida, you mean, uh, where where he chose his? Yes, yeah, yeah, Bethsaida. Yeah, mm-hmm. where where? Yeah, he he chose Andrew, Peter, James, John, and Philip. Yeah, and that it was probably only a population of 120 people, probably, uh, in Bethsaida at that time, and um, that they they were uneducated men and. They did flunk out of of uh, Torah school, and uh, yeah, that, I did. I found that very encouraging. Yeah, well, you know what was interesting about the first time we went there uh, was, uh, and with Ray when he taught us that from the Jewish point of view, their worldview there, the Hellenistic worldview in uh, Scythopolis or the Decapolis was created for the eyes, everything about it. It was it was a very hedonistic way to live, and people lived to pursue those things, the pleasure, and they believed that the ultimate source of truth is the human mind, not the Bible. Everything was relative. They, you know, they lived to glorify each other and, and glorify themselves at the expense of others versus ser- serving others. And when you saw that there, I mean, did that, did that, remind you very much of what we see here in our own culture? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, having played in the NFL, there there is uh, no question some 
big, big similarities to the idol worship of sports in America to, um, you know, the, the, um, arena that, that we were looking at there from that mount, um, at the Decapolis, uh, no, no doubt. Well, when when you went over there, Leo, listen, you come from a background. You've been in ministry a long time. And one of the things that I was struck by the the very first time that we met, I remember going to a little diner up there for breakfast, and you were talking about the love of the Father, and you were talking about your love for his word. And you're a guy who I know got your son – Stefan is now going into ministry, and it's just always been important to you to follow God and to to get into His Word. When you went over there, how how did how did going over there? Somebody who spent at least the last twenty eight years doing ministry, how did how did uh, it it change the way you view Scripture, or maybe the so, some paradigms that you had been looking at at things from? going over there yeah well you you know our whole theme of our uh time in israel with you was of course a a discipleship theme summed up and follow the rabbi and uh trying to answer for us what was it like to follow jesus as one of his disciples in the first century um i loved it you were very upfront about that um, but it was interesting to watch some of my guys because they were really bucking against it and and um, um, annoyed by it. <laughs> I, I I I have to admit I, I wasn't annoyed. I was just wanting a little more um, heads up on on the biblical narrative so that so that we could be reading and perhaps um, experiencing more at the at the the physical sites themselves but but it was really cool to see our guys then after a few days trust you much more deeply mm-hmm. and and then they were fully on board and so you know never knowing our next destination or the pathway was okay because of trust mm-hmm. and that of course was you planned it and then and then getting into the hebrew context of jesus teaching to me was um was fascinating and very challenging and um you know the way Jesus would draw on Old Testament characters and narratives and and sometimes of course it those are pretty plain for us with a good study bible to connect to Old Testament passages and see fulfillment but many of them are not and and uh even a good study bible uh, would not reveal uh, some of the richness of kind of the the Hebrew um, connection to the Old Testament. And the, I was thinking um, that uh, your teaching style that it was very kind of Augustine-like. You know, he <laughs> said that the the old is the new is in the old concealed and the old is in the new revealed. Mm. And, and man, you really made that truth come alive. Mm. Well, you know, I was thinking about that because, you know, there was a, I know there was a frustration with not, 
knowing everything, but I was hoping too, there would be a conviction because you, you know, when you picture Jesus walking with his disciples, he probably didn't tell them, Hey guys, tomorrow we're going to talk about Deuteronomy. And so I want you to go read Deuteronomy, the first part, because they didn't have chapter and verse. That's very much something we've added over the years to give us an address. But they were they were much more biblically literate of the Old Testament than we are, you know. Yeah. And, and so when he would have talked to them about something, they would have known because they grew up. It was very much a part of their life. Where for us, it's very much a compartment in our life, right? And so, um, yes. So, but I, w- what would you say, Leo, to uh, the fact that it, it for you as a guy who knows the word and who's leading men and and everything, the value of having your guys go over there. How do you think that's going to impact them in your groups and and in your ministry? I, I I think it's going to have a fantastic impact, Doug. I uh, I'm always looking for for mission type trips uh, to take our guys on because uh, they're they're catalytic in terms of uh, discipleship, passion, and and I I see that coming home mm-hmm. and hear it from our guys describing their experience there. And um, I'm I'm really hoping that as a result of a half dozen of us um, with with the kind of impact that that we uh, that your teaching and and your um, discipleship uh, mapping for us of of um, locations with with um, text textual narratives I I'm I'm believing that we're good, we're going to have a nice a real nice sized group maybe a year from now mm. I want to want to experience it as well and, and I would just say like one thing that was so um like to be in the Jordan River and to participate in doing a few baptisms that that was so powerful and, and after there was so much swirling in my heart and my head mm. and and i just kept saying to myself i'm in the jordan river <laughs> I'm, I'm standing in the jordan river <laughs> it's mind-blowing and, and i couldn't i yeah i couldn't speak i w- i really was speechless and usually at those baptisms you know i i things come words come very easily to me and and i after an hour or two later, I I thought, man, you know, I wish that I would have um, said, you know, when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, how humbling that must have been for John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And, and then to hear the Father's words, well done, mm-hmm. thou good, you know, uh, this is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased, and and um, for the dove to descend upon Christ, and in the the Holy Spirit, and for that picture, you know that was a picture for all of us um, mm-hmm. of our adoption mm-hmm. uh, by repentance and faith in Christ, 
receive, being baptized into Christ, our hearts uh, are reconciled to the Father, and we we are received into the family of God as the sons and daughters of Christ. Hmm. And so, I just that that was overwhelming just to just keep meditating on on that, and then to think too that John the Baptist he was preaching. Um, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and how necessary um, that that message was. And I've been thinking how necessary that message is mm-hmm. uh, in America today because we, we've, um, we don't know what sin is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we've really lost our way and... Um, you can't appreciate the the Evangelion good news of the gospel until you appreciate the bad news of our spiritual condition before God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really good. Were there any aha moments for you over there? I mean, like there was one. Was there one that really stood out where you go, "Wow, that just I never thought of that." Or, or was there anything like that for you? Yeah, well, I um, definitely uh, up on Mount Carmel um, when you did a great job uh, with the story of Elijah and the 450 prophets of Baal and and looking out over the Valley of Megiddo up there. That, that, was, that was a very powerful moment for me mm. and, and thinking about... Um, the Lord's second coming, mm-hmm. uh, not so much, you know, um, what form it will take exactly, but just the, the sobering um, truth that, that all of life and all that we see and know in the earth will all be consumed in fire. Mm-hmm. Nothing will be left, not one human achievement, not, um, not anything. And uh, that 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 it, it struck me a bit, but it again, it's been been thinking, and I think the spirit speaking it, you know, days later. Um, yeah, and, and certainly the yeah. Well, well, when uh, what did you think about the the desert part when we were in the desert down there? You know, the, the yes. had, you, I, uh, had you ever thought about the, the broom tree? Cause I know you read the broom tree in the Bible and, and you know, right. that, that, did, did that really open your eyes up to God's people being a desert people and why he took them through the desert? It did. It did. Um, I, uh, you know, um, the whole emphasis too uh, that that God makes us to be broom trees and city gates, and that we can uh, be shade for the poor and the widowed, the orphaned and disenfranchised. Um, all all three of those those word pictures uh, came alive, and I've I've been looking for them uh, in the scriptures and. Um, yeah, the, the the road from uh, Jerusalem to Jericho, 
um, it, that, that was an awesome uh, experience. Would have loved to have, um, you know, kind of had that as an all-day experience. And <laughs> Yeah, that was something, uh, wasn't it? Man. Did, did that give you a yeah. picture of maybe what life would have been like walking with Jesus, like from place to place? Because at least three times a year they walked from Capernaum down to Jerusalem and then back, and they went through that pass, that Jericho, up that Wadi Kelt thing. Was was that kind of enlightening a little bit to think, wow, that's something that I'd never thought of. I just wondered if that impacted you in thinking about them doing that, you know? It, it, it did. There were several things I thought. One was, just think how much time they spent together and and uh you know a lot of it i'm sure was you know just hot and and you know really tiresome and they had to fight through a lot of of their own uh weakness just to just to do it but a lot of it i'm sure was extremely rich because of the quantity of time and and because of how hungry their how great their spiritual hunger was the mm. disciples to know and understand Jesus um so uh yeah i i um i i had that thought very much and then the the um the the topography i i had no idea uh how severe the um the hills were and um and you're an nfl guy you're used to working hard you're used to having to do some put in some hard work but can you imagine all the walking they had to do up and down up and down up and down it's crazy uh yeah and and how much um how uh constantly um their lives would have been um in potential danger mm-hmm. in 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 that um century and with with uh you know all of that walking um if you were um you know a, a poor man you know you 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 didn't travel with a kind of entourage of 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 people who would defend you etc and um yeah, the the level of risk that they accepted on a regular basis is so far beyond what we would be um, okay with. I was I was thinking that too. Well, um, were you was there? You know, when you think back, were you were you struck by how compacted everything was? I mean, like when we look. Because you read the Bible and you just, I don't know, we think expansively. Isn't it amazing how how compacted the area was where Jesus spent a lot of his time and where he, even in Jerusalem, how, how close everything mm. was, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Bethlehem, Mount Moriah, um, yeah, Bethany. Um, yeah, it... Um, it, it it really does strike you. Um, well, and, and what would you think about sure. being out on the boat when it was 
pretty windy and wavy out there. <laughs> Did that give you a new feel yeah. for that story in the Bible where he was in a storm? Yeah, it, it sure did. I, I, um, the wind, the wind kicked up, um, and uh, that we were on a good sized boat, and and I mean, um, those waves across, you know, our bow really got that boat pitching. Yeah, um, there for a while. And uh, I, I'm I'm thankful that we we had that experience and 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 and, and I could have sworn that the temperature dropped you know a good ten twelve degrees yeah too with that with that cold front and um, man the wind really blew out of nowhere as as uh, I guess is famous uh, for the Sea of Galilee. Well, yeah, if you remember remember it it all of a sudden it went calm too. It, it was like really, really blowing, windy, wavy, and then all of a sudden it just went calm. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, well, Leo, one final question, and then we gotta, we, 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 uh, we're going to let you go. But what would you say to somebody out there, maybe a pastor or a ministry leader or just anybody who's never been to Israel and uh, who goes, nah, you know, I don't, I don't need to go over there. Um <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just going to read my Bible here. What would you say to that person who, who, you know, about encouraging them to go? I would say that um, it it was a trip of a lifetime for me, and and um, I, I've been blessed to to do a lot of mission trips and and also some very nice vacations, but um, it was. Uh, by far, you know, the, the greatest trip I've ever been on, and it was a faith-building trip, no, no doubt. Um, and um, I really believe that that I'll be clipping the coupons of um, my experiences there and and my follow-up study um, with with the um, with what I experienced and learned to enrich my my bible reading and bible study uh uh until until the lord takes me home well thanks leo thanks for being with us today and leo wisniewski locking arms we'll be right back after the news it's beginning to look a lot like christmas everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten, glistening once again, with candy canes and silver lanes aglow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, toys in every store. But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary, and that was, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and it is. If you drive around, you can see Christmas trees and Christmas decorations. People are starting to play Christmas music, and uh, man, I always like going over to Israel this time of year because I'm reminded of the real meaning of Christmas, and I was glad to have Leo on, and uh, this segment, I've got one of Leo's friends. He came with his brother, uh, 
And I I did not know Drew before he came on this trip, but uh, Drew's a teacher, and he is a great student, and I really enjoyed having him. And this will be his first time on air with us, but uh, welcome to Drew Maloney. Uh, Welcome to SWAT Radio, Drew. How are you? Hey, Doug. I'm doing great. Good Good to be here. Hey, I'm so thankful that you joined us today, and I'm really grateful that you got to go on this trip. And uh, we, we've got a, about 10 or 15 minutes with you, and I just I, – I always like to have people that go over there from different perspectives. Leo comes over there as a guy who runs a ministry. He's been in Bible study. You come over there as a teacher and a student. You teach – as your profession, um, but you're a student, and that was very obvious. Uh, talk a little bit about your pre-trip expectations of what was going to happen and what God did on the trip for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, so so glad to been able to go on this trip. I think pre-trip expectations, um, you know, I feel like I wanted to limit them a little bit because I knew, I knew no matter where I went or what I saw or what I did, I was going to be blown away. I, so I just knew my bar was really, really low for like <laughs> being, being impressed on this trip because this has been a, you know, probably ever since I really got serious about my faith, this has been something I've always wanted to do. And so, um, you know, I would say pre-trip expectations were just, you know, being able to walk around, look at different places and, I think I think either Vince or, or Leo, someone had mentioned that you were going to do some teaching. But in my mind, I, when I heard that, I thought, oh, he's going to be teaching about the site, about the architecture, about the people who live there. I, for whatever reason, I didn't think it was going to be faith lessons. But now having been through the experience, man, you know, if I were to describe to somebody else, you know, the the benefit of going through the trip with those faith lessons, I would say this, this trip would be more accurately described as a pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Less, less, less accurate would be just a tour because the fact of the matter is with technology today, you know, you can, you can look at any, any square inch of this planet on the internet mm-hmm. and you can listen to a million one podcasts on, you know, on faith lessons but when you put the two together, when you put the, the faith lessons combined with being on the boots on the ground at these different locations and being able to put your hands on them, you know, you're activating all of your senses. You are completely wide open to what is being said. And you're, you know, obviously, you know, prayed beforehand every morning um, and before the trip that, you know, God would open my heart to his word and to what was being said and to what I would see and, um, man, I was, I was certainly not disappointed. So I, you know, and I, I feel like you said, I'm a teacher and also I'm also a student. I feel like I, I know a fair amount of like Hebrew and, and looking at the old Testament, uh, the Hebrew Bible through, you know, that Hebrew cultural and religious lens. Um, but man, I, I was blown away by how much you, you know, and how much you were, I was learned from you. And there was there was stuff that I never even thought about or considered, and then there was some stuff that I knew beforehand, but you you had mentioned it and brought it out and and shared it, and I was just so incredibly happy with that because you know I just feel like when we look at the Bible, Old and New Testament, through that lens of this is a and this is kind of what the Bible Project would call like a unified story that leads to Jesus. Mm-hmm. When we look at it through that lens, man, it just it pops. 
Well, if and it sinks if, into our hearts. Well, if there were people out there, like like you, you brought out a pretty interesting distinction there because there's site-driven tours where people just want to go to a place, have their picture made at that place and walk on the ground right. where that thing happened. And then there's text-driven tours like what we do, which is scripture context using the land, the culture, and geography to provide context, but doing so in the way the Hebrews learned, which they wanted their faith to be transferred through experience, uh, not just yeah. through data, like in the West. And right, and I mean, I, I don't want to knock the site-driven tours because I've been on those too, but you talked about the the difference between it from a value standpoint because people i know people listening out there there's a lot of people that say i want to go with this teacher i want to go with this teacher i i realize there are very well-known teachers that lead people over there a lot of people take people on site-driven tours but you got to hike the jericho road trail you got to hike up the rabbi's mountain in uh mount arbel yeah and talk a little bit about that, hearing a lesson on Arbel after you hiked up Arbel. <laughs> <laughs> what a humbling experience, being able to climb that mountain. And first off, uh, humbling because, man, I realized i got to get in better shape. Yeah. Second, because it, uh, you know, just the fact that this is potentially likely where, you know, Jesus took his disciples up and, and taught them may, maybe more than once. You know, and gosh, you know, you, you look at how they might have done it back then, how we did it now. And oh, my gosh, it, it just the, the, the work of going through that to get to the top, to get to the, the reward of being able to hear um, what what happened in the past, as well as the, the faith lesson that, that we got up there. And I, I I don't have my notebook in front of me, so I don't I don't have my notes. What specifically you had talked about or, or you know, my impressions were, but <clears throat> That was, you know, that was something where you you can't replicate that. And then the Jericho, the Jericho Road, you know, I was talking to Leo and several other people, and we just had it in our minds that, you know, this road was like a nice, calm, pretty road with a little bit of dirt on it and some grass and trees everywhere. Like, had no idea that it was this rock-strewn um, wadi, essentially, that you, you have to climb up and down and all around, and, you know, it, it was tough. Mm-hmm. And so being able to be in, in, in that place and walk those walks and realize how, you know, it, it was not easy. And you can only imagine how hard it must have been to be a, you know, turn of the millennium Jew who's following a rabbi that you're like, wow, is this the guy? Is it not the guy? Like, is it the Messiah? Is it not the Messiah? And, and you're just like, you're, you're all in at that point. If you're following this guy up Mount Arbel and you are, um, you know, you're going through all the the, the tough the tough walk there, and, and you're you're getting to the top, and this guy's got amazing wisdom for you. you at that point, man, you have to believe. You're like, yeah, I'm I'm all in because I'm I'm going through all this to hear what this guy says, and it's it's incredible. Were Were you struck by the fact, like, uh, um, that Jesus seventy to seventy five percent of his teaching took place in that triangle area up there? Like, talk a little bit about Chorazim oh, yeah. and Bethsaida, the insula the synagogue, the education there, being a teacher, were you, what, what, what stands out in those areas to you about that time there? Well, well, first off, just the fact that you said 74% of his teaching, and I definitely wrote that down because, you know, reading the New Testament and the Gospels, I mean, 
it's hard to have a sense of, you know, geographically where those, you know, those lessons and those teachings happened. But the fact that, you know, three quarters of his, of his wisdom and his teachings came in that, that triangle, like you said, it was uh, Bethsaida, Chorazim and, and Capernaum, I think. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, you know, it's just wild that he did so much in, in that one relatively small area. And, um, you know, talking about the, the synagogue and, and talking about him being in those locations, um, gosh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that he did all of the things he did. And, and yet these three towns, you know, what did he do? And I, I can't remember if it was in Luke 10 or where it was, but where, you know, because of their unbelief, because they saw all the things and they still didn't worship his Messiah. They still didn't believe he was the Messiah and they still turned their backs. You know, I, as a teacher, it's so funny. The correlation is I can show my students how to solve a math equation. And, and, and then when they, when they have their own equation to solve, it's like, Hey, I'm showing you all the steps. All you have to do is just believe it, just trust it, just do it. And so many of them, you know, they, they can't do it on their own and they just, they choose not to. And it's a choice. It's a choice. And so when you look at these guys back in the, in the past, how they, they're just not getting their, you know, they're, they're choosing not to believe that he's the Messiah and they're choosing not to look at these miracles and think, okay, this is fulfillment of, you know, thousand year plus old prophecy. And, you know, you just, you, you shake your head at them, but you know, what a, Man, what a it's it's so it's so crazy to be able to have walked in those locations and known that he was breathing that air, walking on those those dirt trails and walking in those buildings and that's that's where everything happened. Like you said, seventy four percent of everything happened. It happened right there. Yeah, and you're right. It was woe you know, woe to you cores and woe to you best say to um and that was in Luke 10. Um, hey, well, we only got about a minute left. So um, yeah. if, 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 you, if somebody is listening and they've never been to Israel, um, wh- why should they go on a text tour rather than a site tour, you think? What would you – how would you endorse that? Yeah, for sure. Like I said earlier, I think a text-driven tour, specifically the way you did it, Doug, it would be better – described almost as a pilgrimage because you're not looking to just go visit a foreign land. You know, you can do that anywhere, but you're, you're visiting a land where our spiritual forefathers were, and you're getting these deep faith lessons that are not, you know, you have no choice, but to hear them and let it change how you see our, our, you know, our faith and let it develop our faith as well as what we see when we read the Bible, the Bible comes to life, you're never going to look at the Bible the same, Mm. specifically the Gospels, but not just the Gospels, the rest of it too. When you have a good faith teacher who knows the Hebrew, who knows the context, who knows the cultural, um, you know, mixing in there and can can make that come alive for you. And when you have that opportunity, I would say 100%, doesn't matter what it costs, do it. And you, you, I promise you, you will not come back the same. Hey, one quick question, uh, just a few seconds. Did you feel safe over there? Did you feel threatened? You know, people are always like, how safe is it? Did you ever feel like your life was in danger over there at all? No, not at all. Not at all. When we, when we were on the plane, I got to actually meet Joshua Aaron, who's like my favorite musician of all time. And I had a quick conversation with him. And he's like, you know, he, Israel is safer than Chicago. <laughs> and he spends a lot of time... Yeah, he spends a lot of time in the, in the U.S. and Israel, and he, he I couldn't believe he said that. And after he said it to me, I was like, you know, and then going on the trip, I was like, he's right. I've been in Chicago, and I, let me tell you, I've been in some seedy areas, 
in Israel, I never, I never once felt like I, my life was threatened or anything. Everything was safe. Everything was well done, and everything was good. Good. Well, hey, Drew, thanks for joining us today. Hey, folks, pray for Drew. Drew is a teacher up in the Virginia area. Keep him lifted up in your prayers. Drew Maloney, he's a servant for the Most High up there. Drew, thanks for joining us. We'll be right back with more SWAT Radio after the break. Thanks, Doug. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was kind of kind of a fun little Christmas song coming into this last segment. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh, today and next week, I'm just going to have guys that went on our trip over to Israel on and talking about the impact it had on them and just their thoughts. And uh, the, my guest for this last segment is no stranger. He's been on here many times with his son and with me, uh, Anthony Johnson, former NFL guy for 11 years and has been a counselor, chaplain for the Jaguars. Now he's counselor for Acacia Growth Counseling and uh, actually went and saw an acacia tree in person uh, over there in the desert. And I'm glad to have him on. Anthony, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Hey, thanks, Doug. It's a pleasure to be be back on with you. Have, yeah. you, have you recovered from your trip? No, I can't say I've fully recovered, um, whatever that might mean. Um, <laughs> I think I still have a little bit of jet lag. But um, more than that, I, I know I have so much more processing to do that um, is actually kind of exciting. But um, there's still so much that uh, I'm like, wow, what a what an experience. So, uh, yeah, so I've just kind of started recovering yeah 
Well, uh, it was great to have you and uh, and your wife and then uh, your wife's brother and his wife mm-hmm. on the trip. And, yeah. um, you know, I, you know me. You and I have known each other a long time. Um, was it was it tough for your um, brother-in-law and his wife to kind of follow the format the way it was initially? Because they didn't know me. Uh, was that tough? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I think it, uh, this is my perspective um, and my experience. I, th- it was, I think it was tough for everyone to some degree. I think it was tough for them uh, a little different than it was tough for me. Sometimes it's easier, I think, to to go on a trip uh, under someone you don't know and submit to them. Um, and so, but, but I, but I know there was some wrestle with that a little bit, uh, as well, because, you know, I, we're on our quote unquote vacation. We want to see things we want to do. <laughs> and, and so there was, there was some of that, but I, I wrestled with it too. I mean, um, you know, there's, it, it was, it was really eye opening to, to have that presented. Okay. We're going to follow the rabbi and, and not be like this theoretical, um, you know, um, distant type of idea, but no, 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 you're going to follow the rabbi on here. Mm -hmm. That, that was challenging. Um, that was really challenging. And, and I'm thankful for, at least personally, I I embraced it early. Mm Um, even though I still wrestled with it at different times, but, um, but just to learn that and to, to say, okay, God, teach me what I need to know in this and what I need to experience from this that will open my eyes uh, not only to the text but ultimately to you and who I am in you. Mm-hmm. And that, that, was, that was really rewarding. Well, what – because I know you have been a student of the Word. You've been a, a guy serving in ministry, leading Bible studies for a long time. And – what what really what what was the aha moment for you over there or were there any aha moments moments where you go wow i i didn't i didn't think of it that way or man maybe i need to rethink the way this goes or was was there any of that was there was there a moment that stood out to you that really kind of challenged you as far as the bible was concerned um it, Yes, uh, and, and there were really too many to to <laughs> note. Like I say, I, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm just still in the process of processing that, and I'm a slow processor, which I'm thankful for in some sense, and, and not in others. But um, but but yeah, there were many uh, many insights that uh, you brought uh, to the different uh, teaching uh, sites that were intriguing. Um, that the things that I I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the thing that, the thing that captured me most, um, was, well, it's kind of, it makes me think of, um, you know, New Testament and, you know, it was written in Greek and the difference in, uh, the word gnosis and epigenosis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that gnosis is, is the knowledge, you know, that, that kind of intellectual understanding, the insight, but the epigenosis is that plus the experience mm-hmm. and being enmeshed it. And I, I heard you, I think you're speaking with Drew or, or maybe it's Leo about that being the Hebrew way. And that's, that's what really impacted me um, the most throughout the the entire time. 
mm-hmm. is um, have a knowledge of, of the things that the Bible said, but then experiencing them and touching them and feeling them and knowing that Jesus not only was there and present, but he's also here and present. And that, that just, there's a dimension to that, that for me um, is just so rich. And it's going to, I know it's going to continue to enlighten and open things for me. Um, You know, we went to one place called um, uh, uh, Eremos Tapos, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and you made an interesting observation. It was an exercise we did there where people were having to follow me where I was going. And uh, I was having the whole group do something there for a purpose. And talk a little bit about that, if you remember what happened there. Because uh, you came up to me and made the observation, and I thought it was really good. You saw it. You'll never forget it now because you, you brought it up. I didn't bring it up. You brought it up. Talk a little bit about what mm-hmm. you saw in as the people quote followed the rabbi what happened yeah and that and that's that's a great example of the difference between knowing a truth or a principle and experiencing it like you said it's something that i saw i experienced i lived and it'll stick with me but um as we were following you in a single line uh, of course you know it's 30 some people and so the line gets pretty long and um going through these stickers and, you know, just filled with a bunch of uh, stones and, 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 you know, you're, you're going all kind of wavy times. And so as I look back, I was kind of towards the front and, and at this point I was being pretty good. So I was following pretty well. And, you know, I, I look back and I noticed that, wow, um, you know, people, few, several people back, you know, cut through. And what was interesting to me was that, the people behind that person who cut through to continue to follow you, but not in the path that you did, the people behind them just followed that person as if they thought that was the way to go. And that was so uh, insightful to me and convicting, uh, particularly in our culture and thinking about quote, as some of us uh, realize and maybe argue that, you know, we, we've fallen so far from the purity of the faith. And, and I, and I wonder if, if it's not like that, that, you know, in our generation, we, we grow up and this is kind of what we have been uh, raised in and presented to us. And we think, well, that's, that's how you do it. That's Mm -hmm. the way you follow the rabbi. And, uh, so it's really insightful, and again, there's still more I think uh, I'll be processing from that. But um, but re- again, just being able to be enmeshed in that and submit to that uh, is was really powerful to be able to experience that. Well, it was a great insight, and and that wasn't the only one. You had some some more that I I really appreciated. It it it, it was we had a great group over there. One of the things I was excited about you personally going over there, O was to have you actually see an acacia tree <laughs> since the name of your min- ministry is acacia growth counseling because the acacia yeah. tree and I never knew this I've read through the bible but I just blow over these trees but the acacia tree is is really a sign of life in the desert it's a sign of water cuz water mm-hmm. is life there and mm-hmm. jeremiah mm-hmm. says if we depend on ourselves 
where like an Aries tree, the Aries is like a tree that looks good on the outside, but it's deadly and useless on the inside. But if we depend on God, we're like an acacia tree, which that brings life. And so was it cool for you to see an acacia tree right there in the desert? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd seen pictures of, of one and, and read about them. But again, there's nothing like uh, actually seeing them. And, and you know, that's one of, one of the things that stood out to me about Israel. Um, obviously, we were in uh, the, the wilderness or the desert areas, but it, the whole country is very arid. I mean, it's, it's a tough place. And mm. so to see a tree um, like that thriving in, you know, in that environment is like, it really stands out. And, and so, so to, so yeah, to, to even more so again, to, to experience it in real terms, uh, touch it and, and see the context in which it exists even more. So uh, it just underscores um, Acacia is that, that is the picture of us as people, I believe. Maybe the maybe that's what uh, the psalmist had in mind in Psalm one. Um, even some of the analogies in, in Revelation of the of the tree planted by you know streams of water, and um, that that can be us uh, as we allow the Spirit of God to counsel and, and uh, transform us in the, the different needs that we have in our lives. So that yeah, is really cool to. Well, that's good. Well, listen, Anthony, I am so thankful that you called in. I want to let people know about your ministry, Acacia Growth Counseling. That's A-C-A-C-I-A-G-R-O-W-T-H, counseling.com. Anthony would love to uh, help you uh, or your family in any way you might need. Uh, So feel free to contact him through that website. Again, it's Acacia Growth Counseling. I love you, brother, and I look forward to getting you back on soon, okay? Absolutely. Thanks, Doug. Love you, too. All right. Hey, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you want to listen to this or any past program, go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Join Brad and David tomorrow as they discuss what we've talked about this week, Practically Lived Out. Have a great evening, and join us tomorrow. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual